Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER. Gator Nation, we're back. This is the Respect Our Decision podcast, guys, and this is always your boy Hirsch. And with me is the hype man, Wes. What's good? And guys, introducing to the team, we've talked about him several times, our buddy CJ the Man McCann. CJ, hey, there he is. (laughs) We're glad to have CJ with us. Kicking off a brand new era here of the Respect Our Decision podcast. Guys, as always, you know where to find us. Go check us out. And as always, check out the YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed. We're going to get back to doing the Pod of the People episode starting next week. That will be back. We'll have the questionnaire up. Wes will post it on the Facebook group. We'll post it up on the Twitter. Y'all send in your questions. We'll read them off. Have that show up for you next week. We love the interactions with you guys. Keep them coming. And as always, guys, if you like to support us as creators, check out our Patreon. Respect our decision. We appreciate y'all very much for those of you that support us. And before we get into it, guys, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, All Star Roofs of Georgia. If you guys are looking to put that tax money to something good, right now is a good time to get your brand new roof. 
get some get your roof prepared if you you know you got some holes up there or if you want to get some new gutters or gutter repair check out all star roofs go to all star roofs.com enter code respect 100 save 500 dollars off yourself a brand new roof look it up guys all right boys and girls well as you know um recruiting's a little slow right now but due to unforeseen circumstances we were out for a little bit and the first week that we dropped off the uh off the plane there for a little bit was the weekend that Darius Hayes committed to the Florida Gators adding another much-needed piece to that linebacker room. And we know most of y'all know about this by now, but since we hadn't covered it, we're going we're gonna to just, you know, talk about it for just a second, rehash some old news, because I know Wes is excited. As y'all all know, 2024 is Wes's baby. Wes, you excited, man? Man, I love it. Um, Another – cog in a position of need that you know we struggled in in the 23 cycle as far as getting some guys. I know we got some guys in the portal but uh that was a position that uh I, I felt that we needed to pick up strongly and we got another uh highly recruited guy to go with uh, Miles Graham and then I hear that we're still not done there may be another highly recruited guy uh in the works but as far as Hayes is uh, a, a top rated kid at the position uh, to pair with Miles Graham as far as right now. And to me, that 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 speaks volume to what Graham was doing because he was recruiting his kid as well. Uh, so shout out to the staff for getting this kid in. Um, I'm loving what I'm seeing. And, and now we just got to continue to get uh, some more high end guys. to So this class can be what I think it was going to be when I was sp- speaking about it last summer. So I uh, love to see highly rated kids in the class. CJ, I know you're excited as well, man. Any thoughts on uh, Mr. Hayes? I'm glad to finally feel really uh, secure in linebacker recruiting in a class for the first time in, in a long time. I mean, last this, this cycle we get Jaden Robinson. The year before you get Shamar James, two really solid players. I, I love both of those guys' games. Shamar James has been one of the brighter stars on the defense this year, just being a freshman. So when you add the guys like Miles Graham and now Darius Hayes, you really started to shore up that that second level where we've kind of struggled in the past. You've had a lot of guys that we've recruited that aren't true linebackers that have been kind of were safeties or they were defensive ends and they get switched in that spot. Now you've got a couple of guys who are really true blue linebackers, know how to play coverage of position, know where to line up, and it's going to be a lot easier to get them on the field sooner than say uh, what it's been with like a guy like Derek Wingo, who's a great athlete, tr- tr- just tremendous athlete, can play any position. But right with I, we need somebody who can play linebacker and has been you know trained up to play linebacker. So I'm excited about it. I mean, it's great. I mean, looking at the class right now, we've got the what the number three class in the country at the moment for 24, unless that's changed since I looked at it last. The only two people in front of us are Alabama and Georgia. So. Right now, with our average being as high as it is, we don't have any weak spots in this. And the Darius Hayes is just stacking some more talent. I'm really excited the way this is shaping up. Same here, sure. man. Um, that's that's what you want to see. Obviously, there've been some, um, you know, some wrinkles thrown into things this week, and we're going to get to that all in a minute. But you can't ask for a better start than this right now. Um, Big time athletes committed. Big time athletes on deck to visit. Uh, of course, right now, kind of a dead period out there in college football recruiting. Not a whole lot going on. Uh, a lot of good images out there, a video out there of DJ Lagway hitting the camp circuit, 
making just incredible throws here, there, everywhere. Uh, people that seeing him live raving about his arm and the, the, the talent he possesses and the ability to make just crazy Patrick Mahomes-esque throws. Uh, Wes posted some reels out there on our Facebook group. If y'all were there, check those out. We've retweeted some on Twitter. Just unbelievable talent in the kid. Now, I know it's camp scene. He's working on air. But this is a kid, obviously. I mean, his resume speaks for himself. He's played against top talent in Texas. He's put up incredible numbers. Uh, One receiver he's out there working with that's poised to visit the Gator soon, Draylon Miller a top 100 receiver in the country. He's going to try to be making a trip out here in March when things open back up. Uh, we are going to have some camps and some junior days probably here in March coming up. I know DJ's slated to visit. Draylon's going to try to come with him. Not a whole lot else out there. We offered a new receiver this week. We put him out there on our Twitter page, Jonathan Paler. He is a, I believe he's like 101 in the composite. He's a speedy 5'9 receiver out of North Carolina, uh, track star. Immediately said that it moved us to the top of, the, of his group as soon as we offered. Once again, been a wrinkle today in that, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But um, I love to see us out there offering these speedy athletes, man, to add to that receiver room that we added this last cycle. Y'all have any uh, other thoughts on that before we move on? Wes? Um, the 2014. Love, uh, yeah, love. <laughs> I love the the um, the speed that the, the this kid uh, possession he possession possess. Uh, he's a little different than uh, something like we've recruited in the past. Uh, kind of pushing the the mind of maybe of uh, Kadarius Tony. Not saying he's Kadarius Tony, but I'm saying uh, that uh, with his size and uh, just be just a dynamic guy with the ball. And we know Napier has put an emphasis on speed. Uh, if you listen to uh, the Gator Collective last week, uh, I believe it was last week when they had the three guys on, uh, Andy Jean, uh, Treon Webb, and uh, I believe it was Kelby Collins. Uh, Kelby was talking about, uh, as a defensive guy, just looking to the side and seeing those guys just run. He said it was like it was like surreal, like those guys are like getting it. So, uh to more speed, more speed. That's what we used to at Florida. That's what uh, uh, seems like Billy is, has a big emphasis on, uh, and, and, and that's what I love to see. So, um, like you say, the wrinkle <laughs> that came today, even though the kids say we were his leader, I guess we're getting that more as we progress through the pod. But um, love that you said we were his leader. CJ, any thoughts? I, I'm just, I'm just glad to see uh, a different kind of wide receiver be recruited now than what we were doing prior. You guess your guys like we had like big guys like Jacob Copeland and Justin Shorter and Xavier Henderson that were just kind of big possession blocking scheme guys because we were more of a run based idea of an offense. And now we've kind of swapped around where, you know, guys that Alabama had brought through their wide receivers have kind of changed everyone's mindset on what you want. That's a good, um, thought. good you, thought. You really, you really, because they brought in guys that were, and, and Billy comes from that tree. So that's what he's going to, it's what he's going to bring over. You know, so he wants guys that are kind of like Jerry Judy and those guys that Alabama had that just could get in the space and make something happen and have just dynamic speed. Not necessarily uh, so many like big red zone guys that are out there blocking in the flat or just go up and get it. I think he wants to reserve those guys more for the tight end spot. 
and, and that's that's to me that's kind of what we need. I think that's just the way football is kind of transitioned. Is you're going to have to have guys with just blazing speed on the outside. And we're no stranger to having guys like that. You know, like Wes said, you don't want to say he's Kadarius Tony, or you don't want to – I've seen Devo Samuel, and you don't want to say that he's going to be those guys. But I think you can say he possesses a similar skill set to those guys. Yeah. So uh, I think he could do things like they can do. Because, you know, you, you don't want to be somebody else. You want to be yourself. So yeah. I, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be great. I, I would love to get a guy like that on campus and – I mean, it'll go right along with Eugene Wilson and the other guys that we brought in, Andy Gene, and just fit right into these great athletes that we'll have for DJ Lagway to throw the ball to. Yeah, and back to that, you know, point about comparisons, you know, yeah, it's unfair to the kid, but recruiting services have been doing it for years. Usually oh, yeah. you don't make it to that part of the page where if you scroll down, you know, like I know Rivals has done it forever where you scroll down and it says – uh NFL comparison and they'll have a mm-hmm. you know a random name and it may be somebody that's obviously not a Debo Samuel or Kadarius Tony. But it's 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 fun to say, oh, he possesses the same skill set. I mean, no one's gonna say that Eugene Wilson is Kadarius Tony. They're two separate kids. And we're not out here doing the Urban Meyer saying, oh, he's the next Percy Harvin. <laughs> <laughs> because there is no there is no other Percy Harvin. You, it's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. And, you know, just like Kadarius Tony showed off in the Super Bowl, he's a one-of-a-kind kind of guy. Not everyone has one. ligaments made out of rubber that can <laughs> do the things he does. But, yeah, it'll be fun. It would be real nice to get maybe a guy like that who might also be a real big special teams threat, you know, on campus and, and put him back there and see what they can do. So, hopefully the – the DJ Lagway effect starts to show itself here in March, and we get some offensive skill position, you know, skill position guys on campus, and let DJ work his magic, and hopefully bring one or two of them on board. But as we know, and as we move on from recruiting, because that's going to really pretty much do it for recruiting right now. Like I said, it's it's a really slow period, but there's been a lot of news in the last forty eight hours. And um, that's going to be the central point of what we're here to talk about tonight. Felt like it was a real good time to jump back in on the show, given all that's happened here this week. Uh, and we're going to start, we're going to go in reverse. We're going to go in reverse with this. We're going to start with today's news because we're talking about receivers and bringing in receivers. And I don't know, guys, it feels like it's maybe not safe to go to sleep anymore. Um, every time I go to sleep here the last couple of days, I wake up and another coach is gone. Woke up this morning, uh, talked to CJ first thing this morning. Before I knew it, I click on the Twitter machine, and the first thing I see is wide receiver coach Kerry Colbert is leaving the Florida Gators to go to the Denver Broncos. And I'm just, wow, wow. Um, of course, unless you've lived under a rock the last, you know, 48 hours, you know that Patrick Tony also – took a job with the Arizona Cardinals and was shortly thereafter followed by William Pegler, our tight end coach, to go to the Cardinals to join Gannon's staff there. Guys, I mean, this, you know, I I don't think anybody's going to miss Pegler. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. Nobody, you know, nobody's going to be like, oh, man, can't believe we lost him. I think the fan base was probably split 50-50 on Tony. This year was definitely going to probably be a you got to show me something. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But there's no doubt about it that KC, despite the fan base wanting him fired within the first month of his tenure here, brought the goods. I mean, that that man, not only coaching, but recruiting. He he you saw good seasons out of out of a not so great receiving core. I I say Justin Shorter was massively improved this season. Uh, Ricky Persall's body of work speaks for itself, and then you get more out of the you know lesser known guys, Caleb Douglas, and you know a few of those guys just really learning under KC. There's no spin in this, guys. This that's that's a big loss. CJ, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's a big loss. I, I hate to lose a guy like Coach Culbert because he really uh, brought a different element to the recruiting game. I think he was probably our star recruiter. We were most happy. We had no complaints with the wide receiver room. Even when we had guys leave, we were like, oh, oh well, we've got other guys. We're not worried about it. And then to me, um, not just as a recruiter, the guy's just a good football coach. He's a good wide receivers coach. We we saw Justin Shorter turn into wide receiver one when we were sitting here. You know, Jacob Copeland leaves in the offseason. We were kind of like, okay, well, who's the who's the guy going to be? Who's our wide receiver one out of what we have right now? And Justin Shorter, and there's a significant like drop off even in Anthony Richardson's performance after Justin Shorter gets hurt. I mean, the guy had turned into a solid receiver. He he's basically helped his draft stock completely just by Kerry Colbert being there to work with the guy. I, I I'm, I'm gonna miss him, and I think we can. Rep- I think you can move. I think you can get somebody else in the spot. And you got to be happy with what he's doing because it's a testament to how good of a coach he was. He's not taking like a job at some group of five school. You know, it's not like he's you know moving down. He's going to the NFL. I mean, and that's where a lot of these guys want to be at the end of the day. They want to go to coach in the NFL. So you get you got guys on your staff that are getting promoted, and I think that that's the one lone bright spot we can look at is wow, we really must have hired some pretty good coaches because if they're getting picked up by the NFL, even after a six and seven season, we must have been pretty good at, at evaluating who we wanted to hire. So I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, eager to see what we do to fill those holes and see how uh, Billy can, you know, jump in and adjust and hire somebody else and who he's going to bring in now. Wes, I know you were a big fan of Coach Colbert. Yeah, man. Uh, Casey was that guy. Uh, CJ kind of mentioned it. He was like, he's probably, if not the best, if not one of the best, the best uh, coaches on the staff. Uh, and uh, again, to CJ's point, uh, how many times in the recent years have our coaches been poached to go to the NFL outside of Brian Johnson um, that went to the Eagles? So you have to look at it uh, with things like Billy hired good guys. And, and that's the kind of thing you want to see happen. You guys get poached. That's that's a good thing. That means you have good guys in the house that are doing the job. It hurts us as the Florida fans, uh, especially when you got guys that we're we trying to get in with, with Jeremiah Smith. You're two. And this is why the, the 24 class was my class, because it gave the, the coach staff a whole over a year being here and building relationships and to me, that that is going to hurt. And for those who don't know uh, the, the the pedigree of KC, if you look at uh, St. Brown for the Detroit Lions, uh, he's a top 10 receiver in the league. Uh, you've got Pittman over there with the Colts. 
And then you have uh, Latson for your boys over there at, uh, in, in Atlanta, the rookie. Drake London. He, I said Latson, my bad. Uh, Drake London. Uh, I know who uh, you mean. Was, <laughs> yeah, uh, for, for, the, uh, for the Falcons. So, and he was a top 10 pick. So the, the guy can coach, and he's putting guys in the league, and those guys are producing. So um, that hurts. Uh, as far as Tony, to me, it hurts because of the timing. We start spring practice next week. Um, and, uh, I don't know if I had to weigh either, both of them hurt real bad because this is when you start installing your stuff. So you, and, and I guess we're getting into the new coach, uh, as far as defense later, but, uh, that's why I think he hired the guy that he hired. But to me that, that that's a big, big loss. Uh, not saying that Tony was going to go out and, and we were going to be a top 10 defense. Uh, but it hurts that the guy's what they've been learning. I know they're working out now and, and, and doing workouts to get ready for spring practice and everything, but they're, they're having meetings. They, it's a system thing. And uh, the voice of uh, the head voice was Tony on the defense. And now uh, that is going to shake a lot of things up. I wish it had happened earlier, uh, but Hey, uh, you can't choose uh, uh, when a coach leaves. Um, but hopefully uh Whoever, uh, not whoever, went. Uh, hopefully the new coach comes in and, and hits the ground running and, and, and get these guys ready during the spring. But it is, it's, a, it's a bad timing thing. Yeah, um, and that's why I think you'll probably see these positions filled pretty quickly. Uh, you can't really afford to, like you said, with this, this close button up to spring practice. Could you probably get away without the tight ends coach? I, I would have, you know, you've got – You've got the army there. You've got a lot of assistants that can help you get through that. But you need your defensive coordinator. I think that's why the name that popped up so quickly, and we're going to discuss him here briefly, or not briefly, probably a little bit more than that. Austin Armstrong popped up almost immediately because that's, I mean, Bill, Billy had to know these guys interviewed, obviously. It, it, they didn't just get a phone call, be like, Hey, you want the job? You know, (laughs) that's just not how, how NFL coaches get hired. It's just not like a, Hey, I I sent you a text. Give me a yes or no answer. (laughs) So, so Billy's, Billy's known about this probably for at least a week. I would assume that these things were about to happen. So he, he's, we've heard it over and over again and it's, it's hard to keep talking about, but, you know, Billy's got a, a plan for when this happens or if that happens. Billy's a man that has backup plans on his backup plans and yada, yada, yada. We've heard it. We've talked about it at nauseum, oh, you know, due to so many things going wrong for us in the last calendar year. But this is one. I mean, we saw it with his initial coaching sh- search. A name would fall through. Another name would immediately pop up. He's got he's got the names on hand and the first name that came out when Tony left, I mean, literally guys, I, what was it within 30, 45 minutes? It, I mean, it was in the same, it was in the same tweet from uh, Chris. Yeah. Lowe. Chris, you're <laughs> on, right. You're on, right. You're right. On ESPN. He literally said, he said, Hey, Patrick, Tony's leaving, go to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Billy Napier wants to hire Austin Armstrong, linebackers coach, defense coordinator, Southern Miss at uh, Alabama. And, and it was like, it, and it wasn't surprising to me because a couple of things you touched on it a second ago about Billy has a plan. Well, not just that. Billy is was pretty good friends with Patrick Tony. They were buddies. 
So I don't think that Patrick Tony would have left him with his pants down. You know, I think it was pretty much a Absolutely you know, not. Yeah. yeah, I think he was like, hey man, I'm I'm want I want to go. I don't I don't want to you know stay. And the rumor had been anymore. there all off season. Yeah. And he, you know, there was the option. I think uh, Baylor had come up and a few other things. He interviewed there. Yep. And I think, uh, but I think the main thing boiled down to, I don't think that Tony wanted to be a college coach. I think he's a kind of guy, this new wave of coaching, really analytic space, really in the numbers of it. I don't think he wanted to stick around ever and be a college coach. I don't think Patrick T- or Tony's in game was head coaching at, uh, South Carolina in 10 years or something like that. I don't think that's what he wanted to do. I think it's just, it's a different mindset. Some coaches want to be NFL coaches. Some want to coach college. And I just, Patrick Tony never struck me as a guy who just wanted to end up coaching college football. And with that, what you're saying right now brings the point that I wanted to get to. And we're going to get right back to Austin Armstrong in a minute, because we definitely want to talk about him as the possible, what looks to be likely replacement for, for Tony. (sighs) But given the new landscape of college football, NIL, transfer portal, uh, kids from your own roster getting poached by other teams through back channels because of NIL, I believe you're going to start seeing more and more college football coaches position themselves to try to get out, to go to the NFL. Better, better better quality of life, better pay, better um, pension, better, you know, long-term benefits. But, I mean, you know, if you're a young guy without a family, I can see college football might be the way for you. But now if you're – say you're Patrick Tony and you've got a young wife and you maybe want to start a family, college coaching is not a healthy environment unless your wife – you know, there's not a whole lot of Miss Sabins out there that are like, oh, you know, that's his life and he wouldn't be happy at home. And I want him to go out there and be that way. Or, you know, Miss Napier, who understands that Billy's going to be gone 18 hours a day or whatever, have you not, or might sleep overnight at the at the complex. Mm-hmm. You know, a young wife like Patrick Tony has, who was, you know, there were rumors she wasn't happy in Gainesville. But is that because of Gainesville or is that because of the college life in general? Is this going to become, until something is done with the college football landscape, is this going to become the new norm of trying of, of really hard to keep your coaches because of the lifestyles they're, they're having to live now? What are y'all's thoughts on that, Wes? Well, I remember Billy's press conference from last year. Um I agree with what you're saying, and that's why he puts so much emphasis on uh, I'm going to give you two assistants to do some things because I, I I need you to spend time with your family. I need this. That's one. Of, that's non-negotiable. Uh, you, you're going to do these things. So I don't want I don't want to put all these things on your plate. Uh, so uh, that's where his army came into play. I don't know if everybody remembers that, but that, that was one of the things he talked about in his press conference, why he wanted so many people, because he wanted the, the assistance for these coaches to be able to take some of the stuff that they play so they don't feel overwhelmed, so they don't get burnt out. Uh, and I'm not saying that Casey was burnt out or Tony was burnt out. I don't know what was going on in their personal lives, 
Uh, we can only speculate. But uh, it is tough when, like you say, you got to keep, you got to recruit kids to keep them a- after the season. You got to recruit them plus recruit guys that are coming in because other teams are, are doing back channel stuff to get your players. So you're really recruiting 365 days a year. It's no days off. And it, it can be tough, and, and everybody's not built for it. Uh, thankful that we have a coach that uh, that have implemented certain things in to try to make it uh, less stressful for his coaches, and, and it's good that he sees that and he knows how hard it is to be an assistant coach. Uh, so I, I, I applaud Billy for that, but I, I can't I, I can't knock these guys. They, they didn't take any lateral drops. They went to the NFL. Whereas you're going to get your, your downtime. That's guaranteed. You don't have to recruit in the offseason. You have upper management that go – I mean, they have to go to scout and combine. The combine is next week. They have to do those things, but that's basically it. You're in season. Uh, you have months uh, of time where you can take off. Uh, I'm not saying that, that they don't be – they're not watching film deal, but in recruiting, going in homes, flying all over the country to see kids – that's a lot, man. That and, and it is stressful. It can be overwhelming, and everybody's not built for it, and everybody's spouse is not been uh, built for it either. And then, you, especially when you start having kids and you missing games and uh, missing uh, recitals and stuff, so uh, it, it's a lot. And uh, I just think we have a coach that has implemented the things he has uh, to try to make it easier for his coaches. Absolutely. Yeah, I. This is what and I'm not. I'm like I said. I'm not trying to to like take anything away from Patrick Tony and I'm not trying to disparage him at all, but it's just, like I said, it, you, well, you're touching on it, it's, it. It's right. I mean, you're looking at a job now being a college coach now is harder than I think it's ever been because of everything you've got to deal with. Not only are you recruiting kids out of high school, now you've got a transfer portal. Okay. You, you've got a whole nother batch of kids. You got to recruit from a whole nother pool. And now half these kids, they have agents you have to deal with. They have people that are trying to funnel money through the, through the NIL stuff. So, so you're looking at a whole different landscape and a whole different animal. And there's going to be a lot of coaches that are not going to want to put up with it because it is hard. It is hard to get on a plane and fly to uh, middle of nowhere, Georgia, to go scout some kid, you know, who's a left tackle playing in, you know, 2A football against some team and then you got to go watch his film and stand around there. Then you got to go sit in his mama's living room or his daddy's living room. And then you've got to, you've got to sell them and the kid. You've got to, you've got to really, you got to do a lot of things to try to convince a kid to go play. Whereas in the NFL, you just, you know, Hey, I want this player, you know, go get him, you know, just go free agents or you draft somebody. So now you're putting up with a lot of stuff and then you, you get into the, the wild west of not only have you now recruited kids, you've also got to convince them to stay when the off season comes around. You've got to convince them not to leave. Don't go in the transfer portal. So you've got to work with that and have to have relationships, you know, just as soon as you stop texting one kid and stop paying attention to him, the next coaching staff is going to jump on top of him and then they're going to try to take him. So it's just a constant battle and it's a lot. I wouldn't want to be a college coach right now. It doesn't look appealing to me. So I, I think personally, I think right now that's going to be that's going to be part of it. I think we're going to see a lot of guys do that until something is figured out, until something is put in place to put some of the the wackiness and tone it down in college football. I think a lot of guys are going to try to leave and go to the NFL, especially if they're young. 
what have you got to lose now? You get it and, you know, you don't spend the whole rest of your life, you know, regretting it when you're older and you really don't have the energy or the time to switch out. You get comfortable. You know, you don't you go try it now. I mean, he can go. He's going to uh, Arizona in Phoenix. That's a great place to live. You know, people love it out there. It's warm weather. You, you play in a dome stadium. You're not in, you know, Gainesville breathing in hot pea soup air. I mean, I know it's hot in Arizona, but my God, you know, you go to Gainesville and you could cut the air with a knife. He's a California guy. He's not from here. You know, you've got to. Yeah, that makes us. it even more sensible. I mean, you've got to, you've got to deal with us as as fans. <laughs> I mean, we Arizona Cardinals don't care about Patrick Tony. They're not gonna, they're not gonna be on the phone texting, man. We got to get rid of this Patrick Tony guy on Twitter because they, <laughs> most of them aren't even gonna know who he is. Tyler you know, Murray with, might. With, with, yeah, him and Tyler Murray, they're gonna be texting <laughs> each other talking about, hey, bro, you wanna, you wanna two v two on uh, uh, hook it up on some Warzone later play on. Some Warzone, him and him and Patrick <laughs> Tony gonna get on there. They're gonna, they're gonna drop. He's gonna we'll be dropping, bro. That's that's gonna be about it. But yeah, I mean, you got us crazy fans in the college football world. We tell you every staffer and agent we got up and down this, you know, this place. We got a hundred people working in here. We know them all by their name. We know their kids' names and their wives' names because we're just that fanatic about it. He doesn't have to worry about that anymore. He can go game plan. He can work in practice and do the stuff he actually likes to do as a football coach. It makes the most sense for Patrick Tony. I get it. I, I totally understand it. I think there's going to be a lot of coaches like him that are going to try to do the same thing. You can see it with like Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. I mean, he's you know he two years in a row now. He's had a national championship playoff team. And he's trying to get out of here. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be pretty common. I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked to see Lincoln Riley do the same thing. It, w- it wouldn't shock me. Or I Ryan think, Day. Or Ryan Day. I, I really I think that you're going to see that, especially with these big, high-pressure jobs outside of Nick Saban or Kirby Smart because they're just like different animals. They eat, breed, and sleep this stuff. But you're going to see a lot of the high-pressure guys, the Ohio State's the world, the Notre Dame's of the world, USC is the world. They're going to get their, you know, get their big, you know, resume built over here and try to get out of there because they don't really want to deal with the frying pan anymore. And I, I don't blame them. I understand totally. Yeah, and let's and let's face it, Tony's the only one that really took what you would call a demotion in this. I mean, is it really? It just like it goes back to what is what is his goals? If his goals is to be an NFL coach, then it's a small step backwards to get your foot in the door. And let's face it, these guys aren't making are aren't, aren't making terrible money regardless. Uh, you're still making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to coach football. Like you said, he's living he's going to be living in a good area. He's going to have a good better quality of life than he's had the last previous four, five, six years of his, you know, coaching career. He did the same thing that uh, I know you say it's kind of slighted the motion, the same kind of thing that Brian, John- Brian Johnson was our office coordinator. He would affiliate to be the quarterback's coach. And now he's going to be the offensive coordinator because they, they, their offensive coordinator went to the Colts, I believe. So he's now going to be the offensive coordinator in Philly. So he took that step back to be a quarterback's coaching Philly, knowing that the possibility of him being the office coordinator was coming. And it's probably the same thing Tony did as well. I mean, I like, but CJ said it, you can't blame him. I mean, it's, nope. it's, it's a quality of life improvement for a lot of these guys. And it always, we don't know what any of these guys 
unless they come out in an interview and say it to us, we don't know what their career aspirations are. You know, but I can tell you this, and, and CJ hit on all the points beautifully, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna continue just to harp on it. But you're gonna see more and more of these young guys build a resume and scoot on out of town. Yep. Get that big million dollar millions and millions of dollar contract. Even if you fail, <laughs> I mean, it's if you're not terrible with your money. You know, look, look at Cliff Kingsbury. He gets fired, and then a week later, a picture of him surfaces over in Sweden or somewhere like that, and he's on a beach with a, his blonde-haired girlfriend, and he's living the life. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about, you know, and, and people are like, oh, we should call Cliff Kingsbury to see if he wants to call plays at the University of Florida. Are y'all ah. high? <laughs> Man, I, I, I've seen some of the wildest takes I think I've ever seen in my life about who to hire. Somebody said we should hire Brian Hartline, and I'm like, do what? I was like, why? Why would he? Well, we're the University of Florida. We can get whoever. No, no, that's not. That's not. That's not, that's not the truth. That's I put the tweet out. I, I put the tweet out. I'm proud of the fan base. I didn't see anyone say hire Dan Quinn this time. Oh my god, <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's or, usually that's usually the first thing you hear is, oh, hire call Dan, Dan Quinn or or, or must champ. Oh my god, stop must, it. Jesus, Muschamp's not coming back. Why in the we ran that man out of town with pitchforks, and you think he's just going to come back in and, and forget all is forgiven, and he's just going to come in here and coach the defense? And, and let's just say this, and this will segue very nicely into talking about Austin Armstrong. Billy's not going after these old coaches that have that are long in the tooth to come in. I'm not going to say he might not grab one or two. I mean, Spencer's probably the you know he's been coaching a while and Bateman's been coaching a while but Spencer's still pretty you know upbeat energetic mm-hmm. we're not going after the Charlie Strongs of the world hate to break it to you hate to break it to you Jeff Collins was a name that made sense but I just I just you know was Jeff Collins wanting to coach this year you don't know that then you know of course people are going to say well make him an offer he can't receive refuse that's not how this works it's just not how it works. You don't break your coaching budget just to go get one guy just because you have to pay him to convince him he wants to coach this year. <laughs> I mean, it's just not. And, and it's, it gets the, to the point where it, it's just ridiculous. There's some of the stuff that, like, hey, guys, listen, we, we got two weeks, at, like or a week now until spring starts. We don't have time to go around and try to, try to hire a whole bunch of guys. We got to get somebody in there now. And on top of that, who's left? I mean, you look at all the big name hires for the defensive coordinator have already been made at this point. Like there's nobody out there that's floating around aside maybe from a Jeff Collins that that maybe Jeff, but even then, why would Jeff Collins want to come back to Florida to be the defensive coordinator? He was, Yeah. He's sitting on a head coach buyout money. There's no better job in America than fired head football coach. I mean, you can coast. Go get your ESPN deal and you can sit up yeah. there and grin like a mule eating briars and talk about stuff. That, While getting paid by the university that fired you. Yeah, that's right. And the network. You can sit there and you can stick that long chin out and hold your neck down like this and tell me how bad Anthony Richardson is or how good he is and <laughs> 
knowing knowing all the answers and act like you had never seen this team before in your life. You didn't coach any of these players and just coast on that money. There is ESPN, no better job. ESPN analyst is where uh, is like the the better Bama retirement home. Like that's, <laughs> you could either go be an analyst at Bama and sit at the kids' table and make like twenty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go to ESPN to be an analyst, and they'll pay you a million to sit there and and make predictions on games. And then you'd be like Mac Brown, and once you get tired of doing that, then you just hop back in the coaching game and go do it for another few years. Yeah, yep. I mean, get one more big at, contract. <laughs> yeah, you just look at these look at these guys and him and Mark Rigged and these guys sitting around. Anytime they want to go back to coaching, Dan Mullen's the same way. If Dan Mullen wanted a head coaching job, he could have gotten one. They just don't want the job. If they wanted a job, they go get one. It's it's not that hard. We you mean we Dan Mullen doesn't want to go be the offensive coordinator at Miami? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem like anybody wanted to go be the offensive coordinator at Miami there for a minute. Oh Lord. And, and that's the guy about. I did want uh in mm-hmm. Collins. I did I did want Collins. Um but like you guys said, that's really at this time of year, that's really the only name that would, would was out there, um, but I I'm okay with the the Armstrong hire because he's he runs a similar defense, so uh, maybe the and concepts and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm and he's an up and coming young coach, did good. Uh, you took him from Alabama, who Nick Saban thought he was good enough to hire, and people still upset. I, I like young, innovative uh, hires. Uh, then he's like you were mentioned earlier, hers these trades. I, I don't. I'm t- I'm tired of these retreads. Uh, other than college, because he was successful, he wasn't a guy that I mean, he's successful as he was good at Temple as well. I mean, but Georgia Tech is a hard place to win. You're not you got to get kids with a 5.9 GPA. Uh, <laughs> you recruit against Georgia. Uh, it's just a hard school to get into. So, um, but and not you know, everybody, we, not every mama wants their kid living in Atlanta. I can promise you that. No, but I mean, but you you can't get them there anyway unless they have a, a seven point nine GPA. So um, that was a hard job for him. I'm surprised he took that job. Um, but he when he was at Temple, he was solid, and when he before that, he was with us. So uh, I wanted, but anyway, he's not our coach, so no need to talk about him. But I'm happy with the Armstrong hire uh, with the similar concepts, and that's why I think Billy did it. Uh, and uh, as you alluded to earlier, he already had this guy's name. Uh, just like CJ said, uh, it was in the same tweet as far as this is how uh, Florida is going to hire. So uh, Billy was aware, made a good hire, uh, similar concepts, and we'll, we'll see how to translate to see if we can recruit because uh, we know Tony did recruit that first year in. So uh, very happy with that. One one thing about Armstrong and Luke, guys, this this isn't confirmed by the University of Florida yet. We're pretty much just going on what reports have said. CBS has a report out there saying it's 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 a done deal. Nothing's a done deal, obviously, though, until the university sends out that tweet. You know, we like to welcome Coach Armstrong mm-hmm. to the family, uh, but you know, if there's smoke, generally in this case, there's fire. Um, but man, I mean, I'm. At first, I, you know, you hear the name and you're like, who? And, but this goes back to it, man. Do a little research. Do a little research yourself before you, you trash something. This kid's, and I say kid because he's 29 years old. I mean, that's, that's a young man to me. <laughs> Just, you know, I hate to show my age and all, but 29 years old, I can't even remember. Um, 
worked for Billy, which obviously we know is a big deal to Billy, is having knowledge of the guy. Uh, two years as a, as a defensive coordinator at, uh, what was it? Southern what was Miss. it, CJ? Southern, Southern Miss. Southern Miss, that's right. And hired by Saban to be his linebackers coach. Now, what does that tell you alone? Well, not just that. It, it looked like for a lot of people that are in the know, especially the Alabama fans, they were upset by – They were very Scott. upset. They thought that this was their next defensive coordinator because Alabama hired Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele ain't got many years left in the tank. I mean, the guys to the point now – they just take that guy out of cryo freeze. Even even then, even if and let's say this, if Kevin Steele had a great year at Alabama, we had they had a phenomenal defense. You really don't you really you really think Kevin Steele would stay another year and be defensive coordinator or would he take a head coach job at this point in his career? Because I think he'd take a head coach job, even if it's a smaller school. So then you were going to immediately move this Austin Armstrong into the defensive coordinator spot. And yeah, he's got a stamp of approval from Nick Saban. He's got approval from Kirby Smart. This guy knows defense. He's smart. You look at the stats that Southern Miss put up and how good they were for a team that doesn't have a lot. There's not a lot of Southern Miss. They're not – I mean, outside of Brett Favre, they don't have much else to talk about down there. I mean, that's that's all they've ever produced. <laughs> I mean, you got, a, you got a team down there in Hattiesburg that is a baseball school. I mean, they – they're all about baseball. So you got a guy who comes in there and takes the talent that they have and turns them into a pretty solid defensive team, and you move that scheme into where we're at now. I like Armstrong. He's a similar scheme, but Armstrong seems to be a lot more aggressive than Patrick Tony. not so much sitting back in the coverage as more of attacking the football. He's a hyper uh, guy. Right, and he's I got like a great, great energy about him. You know, I love a coach with a southern accent and a visor. I mean, he just feels like he's <laughs> built to play football. He's, and he, and you I mean love him. Yeah, that's it. Him. <laughs> I love him. I, I think we should have hired him. I think we should have called him back. I mean, that maybe that's why Armstrong left Bama. He, he he just had one meeting around, sitting around with Grantham. I was like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, he walked in. Todd Grantham walked in the door and shook his hand and said, "Hi, I'm Todd Grantham." He said, "Man, where in the heck? I gotta get out of God, here." This guy wears a visor too. I gotta get he's out. He's got to rub the stink on me. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> He's like, I can teach you a few tricks. I prefer if you didn't, sir. I don't want to know any of your tricks. But, um, yeah, I love the kid. I think he's going to be great. I mean, yeah, he, uh, you know, he, guys, he's solid. Like I said, don't just because you don't know the name doesn't mean it's a bad name. This, you know, think about it just like NFL free agents. The older they get, you know, the game starts to pass them by. Just because they were an all-pro at 26, 27, doesn't mean you want them when they're 34, 35. You know, same with coaches, man. The game, you know, Charlie Strong, there's a reason nobody's beating the door down to hire Charlie Strong as their defensive coordinator. I know he was great in 2008. Trust me, I watched. But there ain't nobody's beating the door down to say, come be our defensive coordinator at our top tier Power Five program. It's just not happening. You've seen that a lot with a, with a lot of different coaches now. Like, you look at guys like, at one point, like Jimbo Fisher even. Jimbo Fisher at one point had a really great offense. Now it's just the Constantly game, evolving. The game's passed. You can't do things like you did in 2014, 2013, 2012, 2008. It's not going to work. You've got to change. So now if you get a young guy in here with some fresh ideas, and he's going to look at it from a different perspective, he's not so far removed from the game that he still understands it, especially in like a 
you know, you you got a guy, you got a coach that's like coaching or played last time he played football, last time he put on a set of pads. Terry Bradshaw is still a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> he doesn't, he's so far removed from the actual game now that it's, they're playing a completely different game. You've got to have a young coach. You've got to have a coach with fresh ideas. It's got some energy to him. It helps out a lot. And I think that that's the main idea with what Billy's trying to build with his staff. Um, that's not stubborn and stuck in their ways. That's why I'm right. Like yeah, you know, I know all of us Twitter coaches know what's best. And, and sometimes, hey, sometimes we're right. But more often than not, we're not right. Uh, one other name that has come up possibly as a wide receiver coach replacement Obviously, that news just broke this morning, so things are very, you know, hit or miss right now. But the name that has come up the most so far is uh, Justin Stepp, is the wide receiver coach at South Carolina under Shane Beamer and was previously at Arkansas. Uh, coach Stepp is uh, – um, he's actually from South Carolina, but he's a 39-year-old coach. In 2019, was a top 25 recruiter with Arkansas. So, I mean, he definitely seems to be a solid name, younger guy. You know, all of those things we were just talking about as far as Armstrong goes. Not quite as young, obviously, but, you know, as far as coaches goes, 39 still isn't <laughs> isn't up there. So, can recruit, obviously, recruited well at Arkansas, which when Arkansas was not doing real well. so. Could be a hot name to look out for, but you know how these, you know, names come out on the board. Sometimes they're accurate. Sometimes they're a smoke screen. It's going to be a lot of wait and see. Uh, tight end coach. I know there's been some rumors about uh, Eric. I believe it's Kisu. I can't. Mm-hmm. I, that's uh, he's already on the staff. He was hired as an analyst. He was Auburn's offensive coordinator. Uh, that's not going to be a name that moves any. <laughs> that moves the fan base at all. Uh, But once again, I think that's just a lazy first kind of reaction pick. Oh, he's on the staff. It's easy. Look, I know uh, Juwan Snyder is going to get a phone call. I'm not saying he's going to, that's going to grow any legs. Don't get your hopes up. I know coach chaos was up there for a clinic last night in Pittsburgh. And, was supposed to maybe have dinner with Cider afterwards. I don't know if that happened or not, but that was probably just a, hey, where's your head at? I do know that Penn State just gave him a bunch of new titles to give him a bunch of new money. So <laughs> it might be a hard pull. Once again, I know what that what the response to that is going to be. Do whatever it takes. If they're off, If they're paying him this, write him a blank check and tell him what does he want. Well... You know, it don't work like that. <laughs> it just don't. Sometimes it does, but I just, for a guy that's going to come down here, if he was to come down here and coach a position that he does not really want to coach, we've been over this, he doesn't want to coach tight ends. It might take some shifting around, but I don't see that really happening. I wish it would. But uh, any thoughts on these names, guys, before we move on from this? Uh, I've seen a, a just a lot of names like you know that's gonna happen when you get move on from a coach. Like you wake up like the first name I saw this morning was like Ike Hilliard. Uh, I think was the first. He's he's the wide receiver coach at Auburn. He was a Florida Gator in the glory days, Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I mean, 
that would be cool. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to trust whatever decision they make. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we promoted the, um, the wide receiver GA uh, that worked under Colbert to the wide receiver coach. It wouldn't surprise me. Colbert thinks a lot of him. Uh, I think his name is, uh, I think you say it Doker. Yes. I'm, I'm, but he was a wide receiver here recently at UL. Uh, he came over with Billy. So I think that there's a possibility and I, and I know that won't move the needle and I know everybody isn't going to throw a party for, for him getting moved up to wide receiver coach. But if it does happen, I mean, you've got to realize too what, what kind of time frame we're working with. He's already got experience working with the kids we've dra- we've uh, we've brought in and signed through the uh, you know ev- everything we've done with signing day with the recruiting process. Also, the kids that are already here, he's already worked with them. It would just be a natural fit to slide him in right now to be able to get through what we're doing because it just there's just not a lot of time to work with right now. You're you're about to start spring camp, so. Uh, I could see that happening. I'm, I'm confident whatever decisions make, I don't think there's, you know, I don't think enough is settled yet to really know what what direction we're going in yet. So just kind of wait and see at this point. I agree. Um, the the other name that uh, I surprised you guys didn't say that was first shot on this morning too, as far as wide receiver coaches were, was Jeff Scott over at Clemson. Uh, that would be ideal. I think he has an off the field uh uh, job there, so that would be the same thing. Where we, I, I heard we offered him before when he left South Florida. Of course, he he has ties with Billy, but he also has t- he was also the office co officer coordinator at Clemson before he left to go to South Florida. So um, he's a hell of a recruiter. Uh, all those guys that went to leave from from Clemson, the the T Higgins and the uh, Mike Williams and the Sammy Watkins and the. Uh, uh, Nuke Hopkins, uh, all those guys, the, those are his guys. So um, he and a lot of those guys are from Florida. <laughs> so uh, he, he is uh, a hell of a recruiter. Maybe we can poach him uh, to, to own a field position. I don't know. He has strong, strong ties, won national championships at Clemson, uh, very close with Dabble. So that would be a, a hard pull. But that would be the, the, the name at the top of my list if we could pull him. Um, so – uh, that's the, the only one I would bring up uh, as far as the ones that weren't mentioned. Yep, guys. So this is definitely going to be something to monitor, and I would not be surprised one bit that by the time we do the show next week that maybe every one of these positions will be filled. Uh, you know, spring pr- practice coming, like we said, they're going to have to move pretty quick with this. So, But that's, you know, guys, that's really all that's <sighs> – there's not a whole, whole lot else going on right this minute. It's kind of that slow time of college football. But spring will kick up here shortly, and we'll have that to talk about, and recruiting will amp up. And starting next week, we're going to have a little segment on here. Our man CJ is going to uh, – our man CJ loves the, the, the Diamond Gators, the baseball team, and he follows them pretty closely, and he knows more than probably me and Wes – combined on the baseball team and he's going to do a little segment called around the bases with cj kind of keep us up to date i know we we came out of the gate pretty hot and lost a heartbreaker last night you probably know better than me i just follow it on twitter and see what the box score says (laughs) (laughs) 
No, but, yeah, um, we 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 looked. Uh, we looked, We came out of the gate. We swept uh, Charleston Southern and run ruled them uh, two of the three games. Uh, we looked like we were gonna really kind of do that with USF until top of the ninth, where you know you came in. But you did. These are the midweek games, and you end up using just the bullpen. You know, you don't have like that when you run into the Tuesday game, the Wednesday game. You don't you don't have that arm. You're not using your starter that's going to come out there and go six innings. You're, you're relying on freshmen and things like that that are just coming in to try to keep everybody's arm fresh. And, you know, arm management, Sullivan's really good at making sure that his uh, pitcher's arms aren't wore out, and that's why we get good pitchers to come to the University of Florida so these guys can go on and play in the MLB. But I, I love the Gator baseball team this year. You guys keep up with it. Uh, I'm going to help you keep up with it. Follow Nick De La Torre for all the baseball stuff because he's yes. going to know more than he's going to know more than I know. I mean, if you if you want to look at baseball, he's the guy to talk to. So uh, definitely, I'm going to try to keep you guys informed on that. Uh, if you have not, I'm going to use this opportunity. Like I'm going to try to do this a lot. My soapbox. If you have not been to a game at Condren Ballpark, please buy a ticket. Go to the baseball game. I know a lot of our fans are just really into football. Maybe some basketball. Go to a baseball game. Get a beer, get a hot dog, sit down in the stands and enjoy nine innings of baseball. It's a different kind of experience. It's a little more laid back. It's family. You can bring your kids. We The new stadium has a brand-new AstroTurf T-ball field off to the right um, that you kids, the kids can play on. Uh, the national championship trophy is right there for display. You can take pictures with it. It's in a glass case right there so everybody can see that. It's a beautiful, beautiful ballpark, uh, easy parking. You can get there early, and you can just park right up next to the stadium, no problems, walk in. And like I said, go sit on the berm and just enjoy, you know, pastime, America's pastime. So, uh, yeah, that that's about it. I, I just love the Gator baseball team this season, and I want you guys to follow along with it too because they look like they're going to have a strong chance to be national championship contenders right now. Nothing no, – no better baseball than college baseball, even for us Braves fans. Um, <laughs> you know, that college baseball is just a totally different environment. And I'm jealous that I don't live close enough for that. I can go to games early and often because I, I wouldn't enjoy taking my son out there and just sitting around and hearing the ding of the aluminum. You know, it's just it's fun to watch. My, all the baseball coaches tell you, you know, watch. If you want your kid to learn more about baseball, watch the college game. Don't let them watch, you know, mm-hmm. MLB. Tell them to watch college. And it's just, you know, I don't know how many of our listeners follow the Gator baseball team, but hopefully we bring a little bit more to you if you don't follow and, and you know, you get you get you interested because right now <laughs> Gator baseball is about the most positive thing going for the program. And, you know, we hate to say that. I mean, great. You know, obviously we have great softball, great gymnastics, great track and field. And those are all great, and I'm not taking away from any of those. But, you know, obviously you have the major three sports, baseball, basketball, football. And, um, you know, Gator baseball has been that that team for at, over the last decade. So CJ's going to do his best to educate not only me and Wes, but the rest of y'all on the goings on week to week from the baseball team. And that's just more of the new stuff that we're going to try to bring to you with this city with this show going forward. Um, guys, before we jump out of here, anything you want to add before we kick it to Wes? Not good. Uh, I mean, Thank you guys. My bad, CJ. Thank no, you guys for the inquiries. 
for, for uh, one that let us know that we, we have a good podcast. A lot of you guys reached out to us and uh, we'll be back. And I have that up for you guys uh, this weekend so we can get some questions that you guys may have for our uh, part of the people segment. So look out for that this weekend uh, to get that back kickstarted. So uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here with you guys. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. You know, I don't want to, you know, everybody's here. I don't, don't let me run you off. Um, you know, if, I, if I, if you, if you don't like my, my takes and my decisions, then you can, you can find me on Twitter and we can talk about it. Hey, all we say, all we ask is you respect our decision. Not right. You don't have to like it. You don't have to like anything. That's right. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole point of the show. You don't have to like our decision. Just respect it. We respect yours sometimes. I mean, unless you want CJ, unless you want, I'm sorry, <laughs> unless you want um Charlie Strong to come back and be the defensive coordinator. I mean, yeah. I just <laughs> yeah, unless you think that uh, Tim Tebow should come be our offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator, yeah, yeah. sure. You know, I respect <laughs> most decisions. All right, guys. Well, here's to it, man. We're kicking it off. Hopefully, everybody tunes in. Hopefully, um, we didn't lose any of y'all during this little hiatus we were on. We're back weekly. We love y'all, man. We appreciate y'all hanging with us while we were gone. We appreciate all the reaches, you know, reaches out we got, asking where we were at, when we were coming back. Uh, shout out to all of y'all on the uh, Gator Plus disc, uh, Discord that we're asking. You know, Facebook, Twitter. Thank y'all to all of y'all for sticking by us, and we love y'all. And we'll we're here for you, man. Wes, take us home. Appreciate it. Uh, again, as we customarily do, we this is a show that support our, our troops. So if anybody out there has any questions for us about anything about benefits, VA benefits, or anything like that, please reach out to us. If you have a family member or a friend that has any questions, please let us know as well. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, and I'll end it by Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators, guys. See y'all next week.